And you're very welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at BetBright. It's me, Dean Ryan, in the studio alongside uh, Dermot Nolan, who is back. Dermot. Hi, Dean. How are we? All good, man. Now, we've got a, a, a special guest in. We've been promising that we might, you know, mix up a few of the voices on this podcast, and we've done that now because Adam Kenny joins us. Adam. Hey, Dean. Dermot. Thanks for having me. Pleasure, pleasure. Good to have another voice on the Race Hour podcast. Now, we normally kick off, as everybody knows, and we talk about some of the horses that have run over the past couple of weeks. Now, I've been away for a couple of weeks, so there's plenty to catch up on. Should we start with Willoughby Court, who I uh, thought was very impressive, in, in perhaps contrast to uh, Yamworth, who ran in behind him? Yeah, Dean. Um, it's, hard to, it's hard to judge Yamworth. Um, he just doesn't jump, but he didn't jump a hurdle that well either. It's hard to know how good he actually is. He definitely has an engine. I mean, he showed that again. He clambered nearly every fence on the way around and he got within two and a half, three lengths of, uh, of Willoughby Court. I wouldn't read too much into that. The same I wouldn't, as I argued that day, did. I know you disagree with that about York Hill. I think the race was over when Yammer made up all that ground and Willoughby Court jumped fantastically, looked really good. And that JLT really is shaping up now because that's where, where I'd imagine he will go. And that is shaping up to be one hell of a race, Dean, because he was very impressive for me. I thought he was I thought he was impressive and he does what Yamworth doesn't do which is kind of jump out of his ground and travel in between fences whereas Yamworth similar to his hurdling career you know can just be a bit scratchy Adam you saw the race would you take Yamworth forward as a chasing prospect or would you be concerned now that we've already seen too many flaws yeah no the I think I'd kind of take a different look uh, to the form as as you guys Um, the way I kind of looked at it was that I don't see Yamworth ever jumping that badly again I mean he's granted he's not a natural jumper of a fence perhaps uh, but I don't see his jumping ever being that bad and the fact that he jumped so terribly and still got to it in what was it two three lengths of of Willoughby Court at the line um, Willoughby Court was pretty much flawless um, and just uh, I personally now if, if they ever cross paths again I'd, I'd be inclined to side with Yanworth because uh, I just think maybe one or two better jumps or just generally slightly better jumping would, would be the difference maker in, in terms of Yamworth getting his head it's a fair so. comment because if Yamworth say turns up in an RSA and does get a win under his belt on the way there everyone will look at that bit of form Willoughby Court beat him and people will forget Yamworth's got an engine and if he did put a jump around in he could be a 7-8 to 1 chance on the day and it would look enticing yeah but if my aunt had balls she'd be my uncle I mean it, it's um it's very hard to see that. I mean, he's just not jumping fences. It's as simple as that. I mean, he's fallen now. He's clambered his way around there. On debut, he's still scratchy enough. Second half, he definitely improved, but he beat trees that day. Um, I just don't see now the fact that Novice Chasing and all those races are only going to get harder from here on in and quicker and stronger where he's going to pull this improvement out of jumping-wise. It has to be said, Whisper was a scratchy jumper when he first started out and he put in an amazing round of the Hennessy, so of course it can be done. He's too classy horse to completely ride out, but I just don't think Dean he's a, a chaser whatsoever. Is it fair to say then, taking on that point, that maybe Alan King's backed himself into a corner by calling out a few journalists, perhaps even he listens to this podcast, and we were talking about Yamworth never going to make a chaser. He's backed himself into a corner about we're not going to go back over hurdles, we're not going to change the plan. He's going for, it looks like, an RSA. Um, Do you think maybe that's what he's done? He has put himself in a difficult position because if he changes his mind now, he has to admit that he was actually wrong. Yeah, I mean... uh I think it's it's too soon to write Yamworth off as a chaser. I mean, there's there's no doubt that at this point in time, anyway, he doesn't look like a natural chaser, as as I was kind of saying. But 
at the same time, you know, his jumping can't get any worse. It can only get better. And I mean, he could fall. He, he could fall. Yeah. So <laughs> I suppose in that way it could get worse. But um, I mean, he was what beaten two or three lengths by a horse that's won in Neptune. So it's not as if he's been beaten by an absolute mug. It's not as if he's lost his engine. He's clearly still got that to get that close to a Neptune winner. Um, do I think he's a better hurdler? I'd almost say undoubtedly yes, but there must be some sort of future for him as a chaser, even if it's not as a top-notch one. But there's there's bound to be some sort of career in it for him. He's got the engine of a top-notch top-notch horse. Whether it's hurdles or, or fences, it's about him putting it together. I think before we move on to another horse and talk about um, some other performances, we should throw Finian's Oscar into this discussion because Colin Tizard, for my money, has made some bizarre decisions this season so far we talk about a horse that I know Derma's very keen on Vision to Flow being campaigned in exclusively graded contests before he's even won a maiden hurdle and then you see Finian's Oscar who I think the majority of race watchers would say is in need of some kind of trip maybe not the extended three miles and a bit for an RSA or anything like that but to run him at the quickest two mile race of the season I would imagine for his novice group at Sandown and see him taken off his feet so early and given I would say quite a tough race by Robbie Power as well in the saddle um, have they done damage to Finian's Oscar and now maybe they put the Arkle question to bed a bit earlier than they needed to but is that a positive thing or is it something that you might regret later on it's probably positive um, what I took out of the race was a I said on this podcast that the horse wins over any distance I thought the horse was an absolute superstar that could do that um, he now has to prove himself to me anyway Dean that he is in fact a superstar I thought he just he just looked so laden so slow um, he just for me didn't look the horse he was last season and there could be something up in Tizards I mean he had Fox Norton turned around um, there could just be something going on with the horses but he just looked out of his comfort zone the whole way um, the article question is answered and I think as well as the horse having questions to answer um, I thought Robbie Power had a bit to answer on top notch as well Colin Tizard maybe does as well I mean he could just simply be a trainer who's very good with staying chasers um, I'm a massive fan of Vision Day Flow as we all know I know he only had one run but it's just mad when you look at the form coming out of his race Dean how bad he's been and the thought of putting him into a graded contest first two runs and not just giving him a penalty kick I mean when you look at what Nicky Henderson does what Paul Nichols does what Willie Mullins does they nearly try and find him the easiest race they can possibly find him first time out they win and then their confidence comes together he's just made a few very strange decisions and his opinion is changing so often because after the race then it was oh yeah we'll go to the Feltham now and that's all well and good but you, he was he was two weeks ago saying that the horse wasn't going to go near three miles um, so yeah I really have to question him but as well as that Dean at the same time Scorel was excellent in that race. Uh, definitely an Arkle contender, but we're massive fans of Finian's Oscar on this podcast, and I was very disappointed in. Well, I, I was disappointed with the decision once I saw him in the lineup because a week before they were saying they're going to hold off for Cheltenham's meeting this weekend, then suddenly he's running there. Cooper's not available, so they've changed the jockey. Robbie Power, perhaps, and we'll come on to Politologue next, actually, doesn't have his finest moment in the saddle, and it's arguable because he's ridden a decent enough race on Fox Norton to get beaten, but there was a lot of last minute kind of decisions made there and I'm not sure it's going to work out in favour of either horse Fox Norton might now go for the King George after getting beaten in that Tingle Creek and we'll find out and what did we think of Politologue landing that race and beating Fox Norton for me a vastly improved horse for Paul Nichols. Adam I'll go to you first yeah and it was definitely a very 
taking performance anyway, kind of passed the eye test. He travelled well from fence to fence, jumped from fence to fence. Um, definitely wasn't a vintage Tingle Creek. as uh, a long way from the Moscow Flyer against the Zerti up in Wellchief. Um, especially considering, yeah, we were looking forward to Altior against Duvan, then maybe Duvan against Fox Norton, and then to end up with Fox Norton against uh, Politolog. So it was almost an anticlimax before it had even been run, but there's no doubt in the fact that Politolog wasn't an impressive winner. Um, there was absolutely nothing to fault about him uh, throughout the race. Fox Norton is probably one of the few Tizard horses who ran a decent race. Uh, well, the top Tizard horses, I should say. Uh, you know, when you look at Thistlecrack, uh, Finian's Oscar, obviously, over the wrong, wrong trip. Q card hasn't been the same horse. Maybe he's just getting on in years. Envision the flow. Um, it just wouldn't be a podcast without Vision to Flow getting a shout out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you yeah, know, th- there didn't seem to be anything necessarily wrong with uh, Fox Fox Norton's run. Um, it purely looked as though Politolog beat him on merit and, you know, he should be up there towards the top of the betting for the for the champion chaser, the, the top two mile uh, chasers now for the rest of the season, I would have thought. If we do miss those two superstars that you mentioned there in Altior and Duvan and Politolog lines up against Fox Norton in a champion chase, would you have any way they reverse the form, Derma? I think Politolog looks like he might just have his number. He looks a, maybe a little bit of a smarter traveller on the bridle and, and uh, certainly finds a lot. He does. And, I mean, Paul Nichols was on uh, on the line with Matt Chapman during the week saying that he thought the horse could, could develop into a masterminded now I think Paul Nichols has kind of hasn't had a grade one runner for so long that I think he's getting excited as he rightfully showed the horse is very young he's improving quick I think Matt Chapman's line about Duvan and um, and Altior just being on a different stratosphere is right I think the two of them but the two of them need to get there uh, we haven't seen them in quite a while and I would I couldn't turn anyone off backing Politolog each way really for the Queen Mother Champion Chase because even now he finishes third really uh, if the two of them turn up and if they don't you're on to a very good price so he is he's the next best but I think he is a rung down from the top two team yeah okay I think that's probably fair let's talk about before we get on to uh, some of the Irish horses that ran uh, so well over the weekends just past uh, Bouvardier came out and did what I think we all would have expected him to do and he's put a little marker down for Forheen is that fair? Uh, 100% I thought the way Barry Garrity said after the race as well um, that he's relishing a battle is is something I absolutely love to hear uh, the horse jumped really well even when he made he made one or two scratchy jumps he's still so quick he's just unbelievably quick he beat absolutely nothing but he showed he breeds he shows he still runs and the fact that Barry Garrity uh, I think the best thing to take out of the race was the interview afterwards where Barry Garrity said that he was keenly looking forward to taking on Faheen I thought they were fighting words Dean and very interesting uh Okay, I personally disagree. Um, I, if anything, I'd almost, to do that. I'd almost say his run the other day was disappointing. Um, granted, you know, he effectively had, what, a three furlong race. And the last two jumps, which is when he was probably running at his quickest, when he quickened up, they were two pretty bad jumps. He obviously got away with it as he, as he should against who he was running against. But if he did anything like that in a champion hurdle, I just don't see him being able to lay a glove on Faheen if Faheen gets there what did you expect him to do yeah. Adam is, is the question I think I'd like to ask I would have expected him to win on the bridle which he did and the fact that he's on the bridle and not being hurried in any way to jump smoothly and the fact that as I said the last two three four longs when he was just kind of 
I wouldn't even say nudged. I'd say it was more just a case of Barry letting out an inch of rain and just letting him quicken on a little bit. The last two jumps he put in, they were scrappy. They weren't they weren't howlers by any means. But I mean, in a champion hurdle or a better grade one race, you're gonna be traveling the half half a stride quicker throughout. Yeah, yeah but it's not like he's a horse coming out of his novice campaign. I mean, he was let off the rain firmly turning the bend last year, and he took the last two fen- last two hurdles. Apologies, at Cheltenham he absolutely pinged the last two. He was firmly on the bit, and he was just jumping over them. I think Barry was just half popping them, really, just just to get the it job done. So I disagree with Adam. It's a surprise. <laughs> are we? Um, are we then saying? Well, I know Adam's going to agree, but if Fourheen turns up like the one we saw on his comeback run, Vuvardet is. The, probably the only threat but possibly not a real threat to that Faheen yeah I'd say as it stands the only threat to Faheen is injury or sickness uh, or Cheltenham being called off they're the only ways Faheen doesn't win the champion hurdle no I think Bouvardere beats Faheen this season uh, I think the Faheen of two years ago wouldn't have beaten Bouvardere or sorry the other way around Bouvardere would might not have beaten that Faheen Faheen's 10 I think Bouvardere beats him okay well <laughs> Okay, well that is uh, that's what it's all about. I thought Bouvardet did everything that he needed to do. Unfortunately, what I do think is going to stand against Bouvardet is he's going to get a load of penalty kicks until suddenly he has to run out of his comfort zone at Cheltenham, and that is going to be interesting. Now he's a fine travelling sort, so Forheen turns up fit and fancied, going to be a good race. I think I wouldn't write, I wouldn't I wouldn't write him off. I certainly wouldn't write off Bouvardet and giving him a race. And we're all a little bit taken by the return of a monster. So it's nice to have. Let's talk about some of the Irish horses. Uh, Fairy House, just a Sunday or two ago, um, the Gordon Elliott trio of Apples, Jay, Death Duty and Mengli Khan. Now, I went down to track and saw them all. I thought they all looked in absolutely fantastic. Nick, the one that impressed me most, probably Mengli Khan in the size of his... He's just such a stamp of a horse. He looks, he looks a couple of years ahead of his rivals that day anyway. Now, he might face sterner opposition, but um, at the top of that Supreme Market... I think that's where he should be. I think he's entitled to be there. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, his run the other day, I I was almost looking at his run the other day as a, as a freebie. I, I don't think he would have, I don't think I would have been writing him off for the for the Supreme if he hadn't won that day. Um, he's looked fantastic uh, in his races so far. He's been a bit keen, but he was definitely less keen the last day at Fairy House. Um, I can see him being a much better horse on much better ground just with his with his flat speed. Um, I, I think there's a lot more to come from the horse. I still think he's a pretty big price for the Supreme. At, it's around about 6 or 7 to 1 at the minute. Um, I know it's usually kind of after Christmas we kind of usually find your 6 to 4 fab for the Supreme so maybe it's a, a bit early to, to have him kind of rubber stamped as the, as the one for the Supreme but at this point in time I, I don't think there's been another two mile novices hurdler that that's been anywhere near what he's what he's achieved yeah Adam that's 100% agree with that um, he travels so smooth he beat them all out of sight really Dean and yeah to be honest 7 to 1 about him um, nearly catches your eye he's a brilliant each way bet even and I think uh, they all have a bit of a bit to come the rest of that market Dean to catch up to him it's likely as well that perhaps the main danger is in the same yard with someone like Sam Crow who's going to go for 
a different race at a festival so you can split them two up nicely I think Gordon Elliott's got some serious power Apple's Jade was very good in the Hatton's Grace and looks like all roads lead to the mares because they're going to take on the races I think Gordon Elliott said Martin Pike once told him you just run the the horse in the race that it's going to win and that looks like where they'll go with that one uh, what do we make of Death Duty in the Drimmore? Uh, that duty was very very good uh, Travel still can make an, kind of a weird shape over his fences at times I thought um, I'd, I'd, be, I'd still be very keen Dean if he, when he rocks up to Cheltenham next year for the JLT um, or the RSA I'd be very keen to take him on still if it was good ground I don't think the trip matters to this horse I think it's um, it's soft to heavy ground that makes a big difference to so you take him on a normal Cheltenham ground certainly I think Gordon has been pretty clear he won't, he won't face him at the the three mile odd trip so it's JLT for death duty isn't it I mean would he be for you Adam uh, I think this horse is the second coming of beef or salmon uh, he's gonna mop up grade ones in Ireland uh, on bottomless ground where they're going to crawl but on better ground we kind of got a bit of a taste of it last year um, where he's obviously unseated laid on when he was when he was beaten but uh, I just I don't think this horse kind of for me anyway he hasn't kind of done anything to deserve the reputation that he's got like again I can see him mopping up grade ones in Ireland but I just don't think he'll he'll ever win a, a proper big one yeah jury's out on him until he turns up at Cheltenham or an Aintree and delivers a, a performance of similar ilk we know he's very very capable um, a couple of really big guns were out Undersu took the Healy way of course no Duvan so he had a bit of a well, a pipe opener. I mean, he just does what he does, which is heart in the sleeve, batter everyone into submission by about halfway and career away to the line without looking like he's had a race. Um, probably Ryanair again for him is going to be the port call. And I know I always reference Cheltenham. He looks as good as ever. Yeah, he was class. Uh, he beat Top Gamble, who was fourth in the Cream Water. I mean, like it's not exactly horrible form either. Uh, Bally Oshin was really well back before the race as well. Um, he didn't seem to raise a leg. Thankfully, the horse, it looked like we'd lost him, but Bally Oshin got up after a horrible uh, fall at the second last fence. But on the so, uh, jump travel looked as well as ever. Again, another one who kind of, you know, he really loves that dig in the, fl- in the ground. Um, he's, he's getting on in years as well. If something like Min was to turn up for the Ryanair, I'd probably take him over under so, but under so has done nothing wrong. And what a dream horse for the O'Connell group he's been. Yeah, no, uh, certainly from the from the run the other day, I think it was exactly what you said about Boover there. I mean, all we learned all we learned about him is the fact that he's still breathing, he's still alive. Uh, he travelled with a lot of zest. Uh, didn't pretty much didn't put put a foot wrong. Uh, where would you go with him? from the way he ran the other day I was almost thinking I'd, I'd love to see him in a kind of soft ground top tier two mile chase and just ping out in front something like the Tingle Creek <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean I don't know if there's a time machine in the Mullins yard but uh, <laughs> no I mean I'd, again I'd, I'd love to see him again the, it depends on how the ground came up at, at Cheltenham or, or at any of the other races in yeah, between he goes but. fine on decent ground I think they'll just pick the race that don't have one in the other one and I, it, I in, think Ryanair was his last year and in devastating form so God almighty there was some performance wasn't it I think I, again the ground was more if I'm running them over two miles I'd like to be on soft ground just to kind of blunt the speed of the other horses but uh, yeah no good ground definitely I'd run them in the Ryanair if it was in any way soft I'd, again if he was my horse I'd be half tempted to 
have a go at the at the Queen body. Well, they might do that. They're really sporting connections as well. So, I mean, if they have a call, they might think we've got one in the bag. We go for the big one, especially if an Altio and Duvan turn up with a million question marks over them, which they would do if it was tomorrow. So, yeah, we, we will find out. Uh, I probably saved the best to last. And the last horse we're going to talk about, uh, Sizing John, came back in the John Durkin. And, um, well, the reports afterwards are that he's stronger. He's had a great, you know, break. He's, he's come back bouncing. Uh, he certainly showed that in the race. Not sure how forward Jack Adam was, but he did beat him out of sight, it felt. He hammered him. Uh, absolutely destroyed him. He went off 2-1 to one as well. Like it, it was just a very odd market. Uh, Jack Adam was backed as if he was okay and just didn't seem to, to really relish the last three fences whatsoever. It was just about 3-4 out when you saw the way Sizing John was travelling. Like... This was a horse that I really underrated last year. I said there was no way they could win a Gold Cup. I was bullishly against him. Um, and my God, did he prove me wrong the whole way tr- throughout the year. He's just class. I mean, Mike Bite, York Hill, every one of these horses, they have a long way to go before they can, they can get to his level in open company. Um, he could well do it again this year, then. Well, I think I think clearly he can. Um, you mentioned a few with question marks about them. Some of them would be put to bed over Christmas time, um, like the York Hill, so, um, might bite, etc. Going to be coming out and running into targets that if they win those targets, then we've got legitimate uh, campaigners to go up against Sizing John. I think if they don't win, uh, Sizing John's going to be very short for a Gold Cup. Yeah, no. The the other day, uh, he he looks incredible uh, was it the first maybe the second where he absolutely clobbered it looked like he was going to come down and as soon as that happened I almost thought they were going to pull him up but uh, then again he's swinging off the bridle uh, turning from home and as I said put Jacket to bed fairly handy um, how good Jacket is as I said who knows um, could be a grand national horse um, but uh, yeah no, this, the, the Christmas period is definitely going to answer a lot of questions uh knows how crazy my bite is or is this a crack back you know there's a lot of questions to ask before you can kind of form a really strong opinion on on the gold cup but again definitely at this stage sizing john just looks bomb proof now that you mentioned jack adam could be a grand national horse they're going to campaign him like he's a gold cup horse again i'd imagine he pitch up there if they don't have something else for it i'm not sure they you know york hills in the same yard but it's not the same ownership Gold Cup's a big race to leave behind. They've left it behind a couple of years in a row with Jack Adam. If he did pitch up in a Grand National, you still fancy he'd, he'd get home? Because he doesn't seem to get home at the Gold Cup trip. No, let's let's rephrase that question, Adam. He doesn't get home over three miles two at Cheltenham. Okay. How is he going to get home over four miles plus at Aintree? You could, hold on, before Adam answers, you could argue that he gets home, but there's always something that gets home just in front of Three of them last year. Yeah, but go on Adam well you got home over three miles on heavy ground in the first season with top weight beating absolute boats that, that's not important you got home <laughs> I, 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 hold on hold on I ran a horse in that race thanks yeah, absolute boat I just think my, my, th- my theory on it is he would be the class horse in a Grand National it's four and a half miles he would be hacking around for the first circuit it's effectively going to run for him like a two and a half mile chase over massive fences We've heard all this before. I, I still don't know any two and a half mile chasers that have won the Grand, Grand National. And, and if anything, the speed that the race is actually going now is much quicker, which is actually making it a harder race to stay. Um, since they've lowered the fences, it's a much quicker race, which which means that at the end you're you're you know you're kind of all out staying really more than anything. And if a native river was to rock up, well then he's as classy as Jack Adam, but just stays that little bit further. 
again, as, as I was saying with on the song, I'm just saying if he was my horse and I'm running him in the top chases throughout the season and he's constantly coming up short, eventually I'm just gonna I'm gonna give up on him and I might just take a take a punt on the Grand National. But uh yeah, okay. and he'd win it. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Okay, we're going to take a break after discussing uh, some of the best horses to run the last couple of weeks, and then we're going to have a look at the uh, Chelton meeting, of course, for Friday and Saturday. Be back after this. Listen to the race out brought to you with our friends at BetBright. Isn't it time you got your hands on the award-winning BetFinder app from BetBright? It's not like any other sports app you've ever experienced. Unlike your mates, BetFinder actually does know it all. Runners, riders, results and forms with key trends all at your fingertips. BetFinder puts the power in your hands to make informed choices and it's ready to go. Get stuck in with BetFinder from BetBright. BetFinder by BetBright bringing power to your fingertips. Download the app through the App Store and Google Play now. Hello and welcome back to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at BetBright. Dean Ryan in the studio here with Dermot Nolan and Adam Kenny. We're going to turn our attentions to some of the weekend racing. Uh, of course, big meeting at Cheltenham. I might kick off, gents, with the uh, Unibet International hurdle. Uh, interesting if, and hopefully it does happen, uh, Melon pitches up here because taking on the likes of the old stages, the new one, my tent or yours, you'd even throw Sheeta Bello and Old Guard into that mix um, we could have a new champion hurdle contender we could have yeah I mean he's the only one in the whole field that we know will could turn out to be a, a cha- champion hurdle contender I mean my tent to yours is my tent to yours he's an absolute legend but have we, are we going to learn anything new about him no I mean Mellon's the only one that we could potentially learn anything from I wouldn't be having a vet in this race team but definitely watching with uh, massive interest in Mellon Hey, I on the other hand will be having a bet on this race and I will be all over the new one. Um, he's won this, what, three of the last four years? The he just year. wins every year because nothing He'll else He'll win the champion hurdle, will he? He's already won the champion hurdle this year. It's the Welsh champion hurdle. <laughs> still counts. He uh, kind of did win that champion hurdle when he got... Uh, you know, hampered and everything. He would have won that year. Yeah, but he didn't. Though, yeah. He would have won it though, wouldn't no, he? No, he wouldn't. Have. He would have. Like, no. yeah. I, mean, I, I don't have the highest opinion of Mellon. Um, as, as I said, he's won this three of the last four years. The only year he didn't win it, he didn't run in it. Um, he's 15 to 8. That's no excuse, though, is it? He's 15 to 8. This is a chance for everybody to get their funds up to get that last minute Christmas shopping in. Uh, new, the new one all the way. That's a mental statement. Absolutely. Do you know what? It might, not, it might not be a mental statement after the race. <laughs> Um, I'm really, lo- I'm really looking forward to seeing Melon turn up, and I hope it's not another one of the, you know, the ins and outs we've had in the last couple of weeks with Finian's Oscar maybe going somewhere, Duvan maybe going somewhere, and so maybe going somewhere, and then Melon looks like he's turning up. So if Melon turns up, I think this race is really interesting. Just a quick mention for my my mate Old Guard, who's uh, done very well as one of my horses to follow the season so far. Uh, interesting, he's chucked in here, and I think he's chucked in here on the basis that it is, you know what it normally is this international hurdle and he would be well, I think he might nick second he's won it before hasn't he, he won yeah. it a couple of years ago yeah, yeah. he and won it he's, argu- yeah. he's yeah. arguably he'd be peace and cold that year he's arguably in the form of his life arguably he had a breeding operation in the summer didn't he and it's completely uh, revitalised him and nearly improved him actually hasn't it yeah well he's going he's gonna to win a handicap hurdle at Cheltenham as I told everyone a month or so ago 
then unfortunately he's doing everything to scupper his mic <laughs> in between stop winning Olga yeah so Olga please have a nice little quiet spin <laughs> then run over three miles four times before we turn up at Cheltenham on a lovely mark and Bryony uh, you're booked so it's going to be a bit of fun hopefully uh, we'll find out where that goes the Caspian Caviar Gold Cup I might go there next of course one of the biggest punting races of the weekend Clanders Oboe sits at the top of the market likes of Stark Attack Kings Odyssey Le Presien. it always looks like he's got a big race in him but maybe not delivered yet Bally Alton I'm pretty sure Dermo's going to give that one another big push um, I like one in here but I haven't mentioned it yet so I'll throw over to you lads yeah Dean no I won't be putting Bally Alton up massive fan of his but the ground's going to be heavy again I think this horse like you said about winning handicap chase I think he will win a big handicap chase is the ground going to be season. heavy is that fact is that soft like soft heavy Dean it will be um, I mean you're pretty we're pretty much looking at I know the covers were down but I think it's fairly unavoidable there with, with the, the snow melting into the floor etc now Cheltenham Soft isn't like um, Haydock Soft uh, I don't think anything's like Haydock Soft actually but you know it should be alright but still it'll be similar ground to the Paddy Power Chase when Bally Alton was just out of his comfort zone on the ground he travelled really well finished fourth ran a really good race but he's a much better horse like that day when he won the novices handicap chase at the Cheltenham Festival it was as good as jumps ground can be that day and he he won it well but Dean I think Clan takes an absolute world of beating here I mean half a length beating to Whisper this season who's now rated 169 I think that they're underrated, underestimating this horse off 155 he beat Vintage Cloud last time he handles the track he was 6th in the Triumph Hurdle behind Ivanovich Gorbatov I think that the stars have aligned here uh, Starkitect he travels really well never finds anything Leprezian the exact same Splash of Ginge actually could run a good race but I wouldn't be putting him up I think Landis Oboe is the improver in the race and he takes all the beating uh, okay a little health warning to go along with that is uh, I'd be worried about the fact that Landis Oboe's had three spins around Cheltenham and he's lost all three times two of them when you're a short price favourite um, I think he lost at 11 to he's high backed him on at least one of those occasions I, I'm, I'm buying into this health warning yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking out for Dermot to be honest with you Um now, generally, in, in the kind of... I know this isn't one of the typical huge field Saturday handicap chases, but, uh, you know, it, w- it just wouldn't be a Saturday and there being a handicap chase on ITV if I'm not pack- picking a, a double-digit double horse each way. Um, I kind of settled on two, and the one that I've kind of convinced myself is going to win is uh, Splash of Ginge. Uh, he... I think it was 145 he won off a couple of years ago uh, and he's just kind of been slowly slipping down the, the handicap since big return to form last time he's back up to 139 so he's still six pounds below his winning mark uh, no trouble with the with the ground uh, or the trip or or anything really <laughs> and uh, he's just 10 to 1 at the minute and I just think he looks a fairly solid each way but for me he's done now once he's had his win and it was another big win connections must be absolutely over the moon with a horse like that who just comes out and wins big races when you don't expect it hopefully they expected it and got got a few shekels on um, for me he's done Clanders Ober I can see King's Odyssey I thought was interesting he's a horse that's always packed more ability than he's delivered on course I think he could run very big and the one that you know when Dermo says it's going to be soft ground or heavy ground uh, I'd be very against him but Romain de Senam has got a big race off the handicap mark he's had the spin now in the kind of it's kind of precursor to this race and fell a bit apart on bad ground if it's not that bad I think he's well overpriced at 12 to 1 
I'd be a little bit worried the fact that he's a five-year-old. Uh, you know, he, even if the ground is, well, if it is soft or heavy, uh, you know, that's going to be fairly grueling for a five-year-old. Do you uh, remember a horse that Nichols had called Union East? Mm. Was all the rage for the first one of this series of handicaps yeah. and didn't perform. And then the second time out, once he'd had a go and he'd oh, seen yeah. how it all worked, then he did perform. And I think Remainder Senem's a similar type. Maybe not that kind of precocious horse that Union East was but one that might have learned plenty the last day yeah no definitely I mean it's hard to it's very hard to rule any of them out uh, bar you know there's a couple of the rags that right at the bottom uh, the other one that you actually just kind of touched on there was the other one that I kind of kind of settled on before uh, landing on Splash of James was King's Odyssey uh, he was travelling like an absolute dream when he fell in this last year and uh, I think it was near enough the end I think it was around the 11th or the 12th uh, and he's just a pound above his last winning mark as well so I, I think there could be something in him but again I'm, I'm not sure I can back two horses in the same race so uh, if anything he's a point or two shorter than you want as well yeah. He, yeah. he is that horse he could come and win it 6-7-1 I'm not I'm not running to the shops yeah no, I mean if, if, if Splash of Ginge and King's Odyssey were 16s and 20s I'd happily back them both but yeah around about 6s or 7s and 10s and I'd, I'd just rather pick one and take my medicine if uh, if the other one wins so we've three we've got Clandazobo we've got Splash of Ginger and we've got Remain the Senate six does he and, and a health warning <laughs> and a health warning yeah well you know it's one of those races it is yeah. one of those races on the same uh, card uh, right near the end is the OBG Mayor's Handicap Hurdle um, but one of my better bets of the week goes in this but I mean I, I don't know if you lads have anything for it Mamela is top of the market might be duly engaged that one yeah no I, I found it hard to to look at the race at this stage purely because uh, nearly every horse in the race has entered in about 14 races over the weekend uh, but the one I actually did like was was Momella at uh, was around about sixes uh, when I was taking a look at it uh, and the line of form that I was judging it on was the fact that she was 20 odd lengths ahead of Vision to Flow last time and uh, from listening to this Jeez, podcast, that makes it an aeroplane that's what I'm thinking I mean if uh, if she is 20 lengths ahead of Vision to Flow from listening to this podcast she should be odds on for a handicap hurdle she should be odds on for the Neptune yeah 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 no, hundred percent. Um, as much as um Adam is, uh, he is exercising his right for satire there. Thanks be to God. But um, I fell on Brillair Memento Dean. Um, Keely absolutely loves running his horses at Sheldon, so I'd imagine she will rock up. She was decent last time. She didn't jump all that well, but if she improves her jumping, uh, she showed an awful lot of natural ability at this track last time out, and. Uh, she could take all the beating and this is a weird way I've come to this decision about the, the horse that's going to win this race the form is okay right but anyone remember Lady Rebecca no jeez you boys are too young do you know that alright oh, you're look, too old definitely well, that's already a fact <laughs> um, just look up Lady Rebecca when you have a moment so after you listen to this podcast have a look you'll find uh, Venetia Williams had an absolute monster now fantastic mare uh, this Lady Karina is a full relative and at six to one, it's half as good as Lady Rebecca uh, will lap this. Oh, yeah. And you'll have Liam Treadwell on board, I imagine, because I think he rode that horse last time, didn't he? Well, Liam Treadwell is an able pilot, and uh, do you know what? I think it's a point and shoot job. So I'm very happy at five to one, take a decent chance on that one proving to be uh, highly above standard. So let's let's find out how we go there. Uh, I might skip you over to a bit of action at Doncaster, and um, they've got a. 
well, a mighty handicap chase actually bigger field than is likely to go to post with a Caspian caviar um, top of it Markov 007's back and never really kicked on last year after winning uh, that novices chase at Cheltenham uh, Bally Bowley's in there Sago successful in the old Masters um, anything we like in that contest it, for me it's too tricky I don't have a selection yeah I thought the ground is going to be soft heavy again and Sego success he won this race two years ago uh, he won off three pound lower or no it wasn't this race it was one of the races earlier on in the card but still he showed a fierce liking for the race for the actual race course he races off 136 he won two years ago off 139 he's been steadily coming down because he won another race there afterwards he's down to a very decent mark now he's one of these horses that just does throw in a big run every now and then I think the money's been slowly coming for him over the last few days so I think if he's in the form of his life he'll just pick up and he could be hard to get back because the ground I think is going to be very hopeless there uh, yeah I think uh, I might need to set some sort of alarm off because Sega's success is actually what I liked in this as well um, for I know yeah something something bad just happened in the universe I think. but uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. He again. He stays all day. Um, he's, you know, he's not exactly. A, he's not the classiest horse, but it's not the classiest race. Yeah. Um, personally, I, when I was looking at earlier on, I think the the going forecast is to be good. Uh, I don't think that'd necessarily be an issue for him, but I'd rather it be a bit on the softer side. Uh, I'd fancy him that bit more, but. At, at this point in time, I think it's around about a six or seven to one shot, and again, that looks a fairly solid each way. But is Vibrato Valtat pitching up in this? He's entered in it. Um, if that's Paul Nichols, that unfortunately, myself and Adam don't own him, Dean. Would you like to own him? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. He's classy. Now, that, the reason I flag it is that I'm surprised if he runs in that, but if he does, he's classy. I don't know if he he's dropped anything. and dropped and dropped um, in grade because he's kind of his ability seems to be waning a bit but if he ever came back to anything like he was Dean well then it'd be very interesting wouldn't it I'd say the same about a horse in there called Kalala Key but as I've said I've no selection no selection I'm not even going to claim them when they finish first and second well but Brad Ovaltad is stepping up to, to three miles in it's this big, so yeah. if, if he can win this jacket I'm going the Grand National that mm, unrelated but yeah alright <laughs> <laughs> I chuck it in. There's a novices chase at uh, Doncaster as well, 210. Um, some nice nags in this, probably just below the top end, but some nice ones all the same. Likes to keep a hill, Bracker door. Uh, Rocklando, I thought was actually pretty impressive the last day, so I'm interested to see him. Uh, what do we like in that novices chase? Not the biggest field. No, interesting to see if Flintham does rock up here instead of the Betches 5 handicap chase. Uh, again, I think the ground will be soft um, at Doncaster at the very best. But and Flintham could just go to the front and just grind these into the floor. He's more experienced than some of them. He's not as classy as them. So again, if the ground isn't all that hopeless, I would be avoiding him. But Flintham is one of these horses that when he gets into a roll deal, he can be very hard to get back. Uh, yeah, I took a look at this race and I think it's one that there could be something that comes from this that could end up being you know a decent. 14s or 16 shot for a race at the festival um, when I was looking at it earlier I couldn't find anything um, anything that I actually wanted to back in it uh, Rocklander I think he won by like 53 lengths on his, on his debut it was a late faller in the yeah, race but so. he, he had put it to bed like. yeah uh, Racador has been incredibly busy um, you know, you'd have to be kind of worried that it could just start leaving its mark on him uh, Flintham again i I don't know. I, I, I always kind of get the feeling that with uh, with Mark Bradstock, they kind of they're always hoping that they have the next Carruthers or Coney Gray, and if if they're not an absolute top notcher, then they're going to be fairly useless. And 
I have a feeling that in the long run he might end up being the ladder. Um, I wouldn't have a fancy in the race, but I think it could be an interesting race to just kind of mark up and it could be worth kind of referencing again as the season goes on. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, Rockland is one that I took out of his last day. I know, as you said, he won by a thousand lengths and I didn't see anything behind it, but I thought he was very good through the race. So I'd be interested to see him. That is probably a watching race. I did skip the uh, the Albert Bartlett Novices 2.30 on Saturday. Uh, Callum Mad at the top of that market. Um, Sam Crow is quoted in places. That is not turning up. I think you can be pretty certain of that. Well, did we like anything in here before we come to kind of weekend naps and predictions? No. Uh, I wouldn't say I liked something in it but I would say that I absolutely loved something in it Um, (laughs) and that was uh, Cracking Smart Um, it's 5-1 to at the minute in a few places he uh, absolutely smashed uh, Robin the Foray uh, the last day of Cork Uh, I think Robin the Foray is rated 1-4-1 very good yardstick yep Uh, as it absolutely destroyed the horse I think it won by 8 lengths on the bridle uh, when I was looking at this race, there were a lot of horses in it that were either that either looked fairly promising, running over two and a half miles on soft ground, or on over three miles on on decent ground. This is probably going to be three miles on soft ground, which uh, which Kraken Smart has already already kind of ticked those boxes, and as as I said, beat a fairly decent yardstick. And if if it shows up on on Saturday, I think five to one is uh, is an enormous price. Okay, I'm going to ask you if that's your nap of the weekend in a moment. Not yet think about it okay um but there Whoa. is there is a bit of racing on friday at cheltenham as well and some people might get a chance to listen to this before they go to post there um there's a bit of a cross-country handicap chase josie's orders up against cantlow and kingswell theater tiger roll is chucked in there which i thought was interesting enough probably be mad enough to take to it um it might not have a cheltenham superstar on that card that race but Derma did you like anything on Friday before we sign off it's a very interesting card albeit I, I don't I think it could be one of the worst Cheltenham cards you'll you'll actually see I, I think it's a very very bad card really it's interesting just that you know it's Cheltenham really more than anything but um, I would be swaying towards a horse team that I'll actually let you be wax lyrical about because I've kind of followed you with him it's uh, Champers and Ice Dean goes in the last in yeah. the City Post handicap hurdle. Now, an interesting contender, this horse, because he probably doesn't jump fences as well as they would have liked because he's got a nice mark over both codes, I think. Previously, when Nicky Henderson showed that he could be very good, right? So I think he's interested. He ran in that fixed brush, which isn't a fixed brush hurdle last time. And um, <laughs> you have to reference it. That's You're still bitter about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm hugely upset about it. And I think if it had been a fixed brush, obviously he would have won that day. But the, the ground there was not great. The ground at Cheltenham's going to be rough enough. But I think that'll suit him. If he, if he does run up to his mark, um, he's going to be tough to beat. In some places, he's around 9-2 to two shot. I think there's still a bit of 8-1 to one about for him and he'd be a horse I like on that card for sure um, is there anything else on the card size in Tennessee runs um, Champagne City's out there for Tom George as well that one could be bouncing back to interesting bit of form perhaps a watching brief for Friday do we think uh, yeah there is one horse that I don't think tomorrow uh, Friday is the day uh, to to be backing him but uh, Okotox if that's how you pronounce it is running in the 120 uh, it's moved over to Fergal O'Brien from Tony Martin uh, had a oh, so he actually has a trainer now has a trainer now and we know for definite <laughs> that he has a well protected handicap mark um, <laughs> he uh, he ran a decent enough race in a handicap hurdle uh, on a second last run for Tony Martin he finished fourth uh, and there's just something about this horse that I 
Is that I don't think I don't think Friday's the day for him, but he's one to he's one for the for the notebook, as they say, for the season. Okay, we'll see how he goes on uh, Friday. Um, okay, Shams and Ice maybe then the one that we pick out from tomorrow's card. There'll be a lot of interest in that cross country race. I do love those uh, yeah. those races around Cheltenham, even if you don't get financially involved. Okay, weekend naps, Dermo. I will let you go first. You can give me one or two. Yeah, so I've won as well, Dean. That just we didn't mention in the race. It's the one twenty at Navin on Sunday. If he does run, Cato Grand Mogul, who's a half brother to Old Cato Star, obviously. Uh, he with Liz Doyle, so he he's obviously not one of the the more famous relations in that family. But uh, this horse pre-injury had some very decent form. Beat Joanna at uh, at Turles and Heavy Ground. Navin is going to be very very bad ground as well, and this horse. If he's back and if the Liz Dyliard start to put a few cent on him, he'll be a big price in the morning and he mightn't finish up like that. And Cato Graham Mogul is very interesting in the 120. Do you know what? On I, Sunday. I interviewed the owners of that horse a couple of years ago, pre-Cheltenham, and uh, the trainer was very confident that bags of ability bags yeah. absolute bags so considering you gave us Bao Bao de Mata one that if they saw a bit of money for it and it romped in I think people would be keeping an eye on Kato Graham Mogul so fair play go on then for the weekend and my nap of the weekend is Clanders Obody Clanders Ober in the Caspian Caviar yeah. okay Adam I gave you a bit of time yes yeah, so uh, so I've thought about it and um, there is a horse running a fairy house in the bumper uh, for Willie Mullins left field uh, yeah yeah uh, I'm not going to make it my nap because I've no idea what price it's going to be and I don't want to make my debut on the podcast and tip a 1-5 to five shot. Uh, You're doing that anyway, you realise that. Tipping it, but I'm not napping it. Uh, <laughs> the horse is called uh, Colreavy. Um, it fell at the last in a point-to-point uh, when it was coming there to look like it was going to fairly uh, brush aside uh, Posh Trish. Uh, Posh Trisha since joined the Paul Nichols yard in 1-2 bumpers one of them was a listed bumper uh, so Colreavy could be absolutely anything um, but again no idea what price it's going to be and I don't want to nap something that goes off you imagine for those quarters it'll be short don't you yeah, yeah. Um, but in, in terms of the nap of the weekend um, it's for me it's it's cracking smart in the uh, in the novice hurdle there over the weekend okay I did try and give you enough time to change your mind but you didn't cracking smart is uh, is up there okay yeah okay. The, more, the more I thought about it the more I loved it okay Loves it. All right, I'm going to throw in Lady Karina in that mare's handicap herd, or I think, you know, sometimes you've taken a little bit of an odd angle uh, to find a winner of a race. Now, fancied enough, but I think it go very, very well. Um, okay, that's us for the weekend. Uh, thank you very much for joining us in the studio for the Race Hour uh, podcast brought to you with our friends at BetBright. We do wish everyone plenty of luck over the weekend. Hopefully you find a few winners, and we'll be back. It's almost time for a Christmas special, isn't it? We'll have to do something a little bit more exciting for that than uh, just Adam Turbo and myself. But thanks very much for listening. Uh, gents, have a good weekend. Have a good weekend, lads. See you.